Hi, so welcome to the podcast again today. I hope you're enjoying listening to all of the previous episodes. They're all available up on Apple, Amazon, uh, through my website and through YouTube as well. So whatever your channel of choice is, you can head over there and listen to all of the back catalogue. Um, but today is really exciting because I'm speaking to um, another creative entrepreneur, well, two actually, two lovely ladies I'm going to let introduce you to in a little minute. Um, and this is going to be part of a series that we're continuing to do, which is to interview other creative entrepreneurs at various different stages of their business um, in all very different kind of industries and uh, niches. So it's all very exciting and I'm going to welcome them now. So I'm going to introduce you to Sean and Millie. Um, so Sean and Millie, say hi and do introduce yourselves, who you are, what your business is and what it's all about and what you sell. Hello, uh, my name's Sean and I am one half of Homemade by Mills and Mum. Um, hi, I'm Millie and I'm the other half. So Millie is my daughter. We're a mum and daughter team. Uh, Millie's currently 11, but we started when she was just nine. Um, it was something that was born from both of our love of doing block printing as a hobby. And um, Millie also really enjoys um fidget toys so we we started by doing some fidget toys but also expanded that with including our hobby which is all our block printing um and we also do workshops as well fantastic so i think this is you're probably going to be the youngest interviewee that i've ever had on the podcast millie so welcome <laughs> it's so impressive like you're starting your own business at that young age it's it's really fantastic i see that you're going to be a fabulously successful entrepreneur when you get older well you already are but you know i think you know, the sky's the limit isn't it so um so it's really exciting to have you here thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come and talk to me so um tell me a little bit how you kind of came to setting up your own business what made you want to take the leap from doing it as a hobby that you enjoyed into actually earning money from it? So um, I've always wanted to have my own business because I quite like it. Um, but we really wanted to share our passion with the world, well, the community at the moment, but we've always wanted <laughs> well, to share... Well, is out there waiting for you, really, I'm sure. <laughs> we've always wanted to share our passion um, and we decided to start selling our block-printed things so we do like lampshades and fab and cushions and stuff like that amazing and did you take any classes to learn how to do this or did you kind of teach yourself how did you get to be so amazing at it because I've seen some of your work and it's beautiful so how did you get so good at doing it um so it started as I got um, a voucher from Santa at Christmas to go to um, a workshop to do some block printing um and we kind of just grew our love from there did more and then we decided we wanted to do something with it and started to sell it we tested the water at a local um stall and sort of just to see whether other people liked it as much as we did and that was really successful we almost sold out at our first event and um really? so just sort of were testing the water fantastic company um who got us started was the arty crafty place um they're based in oxfordshire and we get a lot of our supplies from there which has really helped oh fantastic are you based around there as well or where you, where do you operate so we're, we're based in wiltshire so it's not a million miles away um but yeah we first um met them at another craft fair 
Oh, so what's what tell me about the craft fairs that you do are you have you got some coming up for the festive season as well I guess it's kind of that time isn't it to start thinking yes. about all of the markets and craft fairs and all that kind of thing yes definitely it's our busiest um quarter really as a lot of people obviously selling um we do lots of Christmas markets craft fairs um local and stretching slightly further afield and We've got some workshops um, booked in as well to do, um, which is which is always great fun as well. Brilliant. OK, well, I'll make sure that I get the details of you and we will put those in the show notes as well. So people can go and check you out. And if they're local to you, then maybe they want to go and try and find your beautiful pieces at some of the markets locally. So that would be um, really great. So I'll get make sure I get that into the show notes later on. Um, so what do you when you first started doing all of the markets and the craft fairs did you find it easy to kind of get started or was it a bit of trial and error what what was easy and what was hard about doing those markets I, I guess um just just the being brave and the exposure and putting yourself out there was a big hurdle to get over um and I I feel I've been really lucky doing it with Millie because Millie's just been come on mum let's go for it yeah. <laughs> it's just been fantastic you know I've you know hope that I could be a role model for her so I thought well if, if you know she's able to do it then then it's then it's something we can do we must try um so I think you know that's getting over the fear of failure or oh, don't really want to um do something that's going to fail but um it's still proving really popular we're still really enjoying it um and I, I think, you know, it's it's having those um, perseverance as well and to, to keep going and enjoy it. We, we enjoy it, which is really what helps. Yeah, I think it's when it's really nice that you've got a partnership because it kind of you can keep each other going, can't you? And with one person's feeling a little bit scared or yeah. down about something, the other person's often the one that kind of goes, no, it will be fine. We'll just we'll, we'll kind of keep going isn't it and I think yes. it's nice when you've got each other isn't it it's, it's one of those things where if, if you're going it alone there's always um that you know that those fears and those kind of self-doubts yeah. and lack of confidence can um can really kind of creep in but I think when you because you've got each other obviously you've, you've got that support which is really fantastic isn't it and you know you can keep each Very other lovely. going and yes so that's like I think that's a really lovely part of your obviously your relationship as well but you know having a business where you can bounce ideas off each other and things like that I think it's something that you know those of us that work alone often really miss so I think that's you know a really fantastic thing to have between you um so with the um with the craft fairs and everything I know I I, I know that it's one of those things how did you kind of choose which ones to do were they sort of ones that you'd been to in the past yourselves or did you do a bit of research like how did you decide which ones you thought might be right for you um I think again it's a little bit trial and error um you know I sort of thought of sort of thought well where do I where would I go if I wanted to buy some nice homemade gifts for people um where has some really good footfall where has good access um I mean we we tried a new place the other week um which was a tiny space for us compared to what we're used to but it had such a wonderful vibe and the event organizer had really good social media advertising and marketing so it really pulled us in um, we felt very supported by that event so it was worth 
um, reducing our selling space to for the other advantages. So it's, I think it's been open-minded as well to things like that. Um, we love a load of lot of space, um, but you know, it, it don't let that put you off sometimes. I think as well. Um, well yeah, I mean, I think with with these kind of things, footfall is one of the most important things because it can be the most aesthetically beautiful space it can have loads of fantastic sellers but if you're not getting the the customers through the door it kind of doesn't mean anything does it and you know it's it's often choosing the right uh you know the right places that are going to be a good for your particular business because there's some fantastically different fairs and craft markets and things out there so Mm -hmm. it's about choosing the right ones for you isn't it as a as a business um but also making sure that they're doing their bit to promote it as well in in the lead up and you know I think it's it's I think it's some really good advice there for people that maybe haven't tried doing markets or fairs yet is to you know not just hand over your money but to ask them how how much promotion are they doing you know where is where is the promotion going on is it social media is there a newsletter list is there you know is there advertising in print with you know especially with the local markets does it go in some of the local press does it go in some of the local magazines all of that kind of thing so I think it's a it's you know a really good point that's going to come up in our chat just now that you know really do your research when you're picking the these avenues to choose for your markets because you know you have to spend a lot of time creating all of your um, all of your things to sell and you know that's not uh, an insignificant amount of time to spend is it kind of creating all of those things so you need to be really confident that you're going to be able to sell at least a good proportion of what you've made for that fair so that you can recoup all of your money and I know that a lot of them they vary in price enormously as well don't they the craft fairs so you know either you sort of need to kind of think you know well I've got this budget for doing this amount of fairs this year am I going to kind of go all out on the more expensive ones and maybe do fewer or am I going to do a bit of a hybrid of the more expensive ones and then the maybe the cheaper smaller ones um and like you say you do a bit of trial and error don't you and you see which ones give you the best best yeah. return and also the ones that you enjoy most because like the one in the I mean I when I was in the working in the wedding industry I used to do initially in the early days I used to do a lot of the wedding fairs and um you know it was one of those things where it was a networking opportunity as well so it wasn't just how much you managed to sell or how many bookings that you made on the day it was just an opportunity to get to know other people in the industry and um and like team up and do some amazing often you can do some really great sort of partnership things where you can create things together as well so it's not all about the sales on the day it's often about that networking opportunity and getting your business known isn't it as well Absolutely. Yes. Networking is key. Definitely something I've learned over the last year. Yeah. And I think it's especially so at the moment with social media being harder to stand out on. Um, you know, I think there's going to be a real return to that in-person connection. And I don't think that that's necessarily all bad, actually. You know, I think especially post-COVID, we all kind of miss that personal connection with people so I feel like it's definitely something that is going to grow not not decline I think there was a big decline for a lot of years but I I feel like personally I've started to see a lot more of that kind of thing going on there's a lot more networking events happening again there's a lot more of these um you know kind of collaborative efforts where you know communities are coming together to put on their own craft fairs and things like that so 
Um, I think are going to be really interested to see how that market changes in the next few months, next year or two, especially with all of the pressures that we're all experiencing financially. Yes. I think, again, that personal connection where we're not all sort of sitting at home worrying, but we're going to maybe get out a little bit more and seek that human comfort and that human reassurance. And, um, you know, I, I definitely think there's a, a big place for homemade items or from smaller businesses because I think we're all a little bit tired of give, constantly giving our money to multi-millionaires and you know mm. it would be nice to see a bit of redistribution amongst local communities and things like that so I think yeah for me I'm really excited to see how the craft fairs and the smaller markets kind of grow in the next next year or so because I really do think that it is a an area for growth so um that said you know um you've obviously got an, a, a website and social media and you know do you do you sell a lot for your website or is it is it mostly kind of personalized orders sort of direct ordering that tends to be your sort of sales purpose so most of our sales are generated locally and they'll be either at an event that we've been to or just after so not many um sort of cold if you like cold calls as such mm -hmm. um we we've we've had one or two but that's something that we're going to look at um you know possibly for next year to see how mm -hmm. we expand that side of things so uh well, it's exciting that you've got areas for growth isn't it like maybe having an online shop and things like that in the future mm -hmm. and stuff like that so if, i think the more especially at the moment the more um avenues that we can kind of cover the more bases that we can cover to kind of get out there and make sales the the better it's going to be and the easier it is going to be for us all to kind of ride those waves of, of these financial sort of <laughs> ups and downs that we're experiencing right now um what about you Minnie? do you um do you do you talk to your friends about it and like your age group your peers and do you do you, are they are they really in awe of you having a business at your age um certainly uh, on the first or like the very very first one we do um we did lots I told loads of my friends and in the more local ones I always tell what we're doing and because it's my birthday coming up um I'm going to do a bit more block printing um and get more Brilliant. blocks with your friends with my friends <laughs> really um, at my school, my teachers know about it and some of my teachers have brought stuff as well. So, and sometimes we often, good idea for Christmas presents and that's always all of my Christmas presents for my friends and everything, so. It's not fantastic though that you can, you can make, you know, you can make things yourself for your friends and family and things. I think it's, yeah. it's something that I, I really love and I think it's so much more meaningful than just buying something off Amazon, isn't it? And you get more enjoyment out of it as well, don't you? When you've, get, when you've made something for somebody, it's, I think there's definitely that kind of, that your heart and soul goes into it, doesn't it? And also I think um, what's really interesting or what's sort of amazed me with having Millie as part of the team, again, we were at another stall and we were we were quite quiet compared to some other people and Millie had sat back and was watching what they were doing. She's mum, it's because they're talking more to the customers. And so she actually, um, which I thought was really brave, just got up and started chatting to them and telling them how we'd done it. And that actually made quite a difference then to people coming to the stalls, um, it fed through to whether people were buying things because they were more interested in that they were interested in the backstory as well which Millie
gen- then generated, which I was so impressed by. That is really impressive to have that much confidence at your age. I mean, I, I don't think I would. I think I was a fully fledged adult before I had the confidence to go and sort of speak to lots of strangers, and you know, especially when you're kind of trying to sell a product as well. So I think you should be really proud of yourself that you've got that level of confidence already, and that's because it's one of the the biggest things that you need in business, really. So you've got it already, so you're like set. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so um. So what what are some of the biggest hurdles then you found? I, mean, we talked about, I, want, I always try to focus on the positives, but I think it's helpful for other businesses when they're listening to this podcast to know that we've all got struggles, we've all had hurdles, we've all found things difficult. What have you found some of the most difficult things to kind of address as you've been starting and, and carrying on with your business? I think for me, still keeping a balance still um, with, with work and family life, um, you know, it it, ha- it has started as a hobby, but uh, now it's getting busier, especially in this period. And, and it's just sort of like um, keeping that balance, um, you know, as much as you want to really, you, you're in charge of that. Um, and, and I think also, um, you know, having the confidence to say, I am actually working, I can't actually do that because I am working, although you know lots of people see it as a hobby and you're doing it at home as a bit of a sideline but you know it's giving yourself that credibility to have that strength to say to people no sorry I can't do that because I do need to get these orders out um I think those are some of the some of the hurdles and I think also um it's being able to have which I know you've mentioned many times yourself in in your advice is is you do have to have lots of different hats when you've got your own business um and it's being able to share your time amongst those as well can cause challenges at times let's say (laughs) absolutely yeah I think um I think yeah carving out time for your business um and, and equally time for family time and friends and things is really really important and um, I think when you work for yourself, it, it's really, really easy to be kind of consumed by it because, you know, you, you don't have, you know, uh, an assistant to pass things off on to when you get busy. You don't have somebody that's going to manage all the sales. You don't have somebody that's going to go to the post office for you and, pa- you know, or package everything up for you. So, you know, it's well, no one else is going to do this. I'm going to have to do it. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, I think you know, like you say, I, I, I bang on that. I've had it quite a lot, but, you know, having a, a schedule that you try and stick to as much as possible so that you don't impact on your, on your, you know, your family time, especially like, you know, it's a, something that I had to really learn <laughs> the hard way, um, you know, that I did, you know, try and mark out that time that was work time and this is family time. Um, but also just, you know just genuinely accepting that you whilst you can do anything you can't do everything and I know it's a bit of a cliche but it's something that I kind of have to say to myself every every week really it's like you know oh I could I could do that it's like yes you could do that Kate but do you actually really need to like or is it just you know that you're you're because I think we all get passionate about what we want to do as well and when you're excited about something it's natural to kind of pour all of your time and energy into it isn't it but you yeah. can only really sustain that really, really high level of, of, of energy into something for short periods of time. So it's about recognising in yourself when you need to slow down and when you need to kind of start to try and create a bit more of an even week for yourself so that you're not having these peaks and troughs of 
crazy activity followed by crash and burn and you know um so yeah so I think you know but it's it's definitely one of the trickier things when you're running your own business and especially when you're working it from home as well because if you can see it but you can see it all the time or you know especially if you don't have like a dedicated space for it um it's hard to get away from it isn't it and it's hard not to go oh I'll just do that or I'll just send that email or I'll just um and it's very hard to be kind of strong with yourself and say no right now is the time that I should be going and I don't know going and eating dinner or or sitting down and actually just reading a book or just sitting down and watching a bit of mindless tv for an hour you know I think you know whatever whatever it is that you do to kind of relax is really important to actually kind of schedule in um so yeah I completely completely sympathize with with that aspect of it for sure I mean I've only sort of recently had sort of this this bit that I can kind of my studio that I can shut shut off from the main bit of the house whereas before I was sort of in the spare bedroom or on the kitchen table um and you know it it is much harder to maintain you know that those boundaries if you don't have dedicated space um and not everybody can have dedicated space and I, I certainly didn't for years and years um and but you know it's if you don't have that dedicated space then it's even more important to try and be really strong with yourself even if it's something as simple as throwing a, a dust sheet over your work so you don't see it um you know just some li- little tricks to kind of make sure that your mind is on the things that it should be on whether that's you know family or or work so I completely sympathize with her with, with that aspect of it for sure um what have been some of the most hope- helpful things that you kind of learned early on that you were like oh thank goodness I kind of realized that early on or is that could have been, that could have been a, a bit of an expensive mistake those kind of things anything that you can think of that sort of you you found really helpful when you started out um I'd say one of the things we found really helpful was using personas um so kind of like creating our perfect customer and kind of like seeing how that um like seeing how we could apply that to the real world and what we needed to do to be able to attract those kinds of people um you're amazing so many people don't get that for years and years and years it's incredible (laughs) so proud of you (laughs) it's amazing I think also we, we one of the things with that as well that is going to find the business don't wait for the business to come and find you um so being quite proactive and you know sort of um you know I'm not saying I'm brilliant at this but maybe looking at your year and knowing that some months are going to be quiet so actually what could you do to sort of balance that out and that and that's where the workshops came in for us and so it's that having maybe more than one stream potentially to it I know that wouldn't necessarily work for everybody um but that that was really helpful as well buying in bulk that that's Mm. something we've we've recently learned um that can help um but again, we, we wouldn't have been able to have done that at the beginning because of finance. Um, but now we've also sort of need, wanted to try a few different suppliers to see the quality and things like that. But now we've, we've set sort of more feel settled with that, that actually we can commit to saying, yeah, actually we can go and buy, buy those in bulk now. Absolutely. Some really, really important points there. I think, you know, having um, multiple income streams, even if your business is small, is totally possible for, for any business. I really do believe that. 
Um, and I think it's certainly true if you are doing a lot of markets and things like that, there does tend to be those peaks around the festive mm. period. But then how do you maintain that income throughout the rest of the year? So, you know, coming up with doing the workshops is a fantastic way to ensure that you can get that consistency of, of income coming through. And, you know, I think that's what really sets it aside from being a hobby is when you recognize that you want to try and have that consistency of income month on month, not not have that I'm going to do 90 percent of my takings in six weeks, because that's quite hard to to manage it's quite hard to scale from there as well I mean I know exactly what you've been saying about being able to buy in bulk by doing the workshops I'm assuming that that has enabled you to buy in bulk because you've been getting that extra income that's allowed you to then put it back in to the business and in terms of buying in bulk so I think that's you know it's a it's something that I think every one of us can kind of take away something from that and um, I think it's it's planning for success essentially, isn't it? It's like like you say, it's it, exactly as you said. It's not waiting for the business to come to you. It's like right, okay, we're acing it at the markets. What's next? And I think you know if you're once you've kind of feel like you've nailed one part of the business, you know, always think right, what can we do now? Like where's the next step? And I think that's what really sets people apart from you know those that are truly really successful but versus those that are kind of essentially still running a hobby that makes them a bit of some money on the side. And there's nothing wrong with that. I am not knocking that at all. Um, but if you do want to grow your business and you do want it to become, you know, either a replacement income for an existing job or, you know, whatever it might be, um, that's the way to do it is to really focus on getting that first thing absolutely spot on and spot, you know, completely right, exactly the way you've done it trial and error trying out like lots of different suppliers finding out what works and then once you have got it working right what's the next thing that yeah. I can do because I'm confident that I've got that nailed I can I know what the processes are for that I know where I get all of my stock from for that I know where I'm selling that to best effect I know which markets I'm going to do so at that point you're like right well if I've got all of that sorted what is the next step so that's really exciting that you kind of branched out into workshops so um, how long have you been running the workshops for now? Have you been doing it a little while now? Um, yes, I think nearly coming up to a year. So um, again, not, not doing too many, probably about every other month. Um, yeah. And just, again, we're still um, local with those, but the next step is to sort of look at branching out a bit further afield with those if, if we want to, if the need is there. Yeah. Another idea. so so at that real kind of exciting stage where you're like where can this all go like how big big can it become isn't it it's very exciting I'm just sorry I'm I'm totally distracted by your gorgeous dog now (laughs) you've got a spaniel (laughs) I've got got one too this is the youngest one they they never like to be ignored do they Oh, so anyway, back to the podcast. Sorry, distracted by spaniels is, is my favourite thing to be distracted by. <laughs> um, so I think you know you you are. I mean, you're doing some incredible things, and you know you obviously got a lot of business now. Both of you, you know, and I think it's obviously going in in the right direction for you, and you're doing some really fantastically great things, you know, with your business. So what 
if you've got some, what's your top tips for those that might literally just be starting to think about maybe turning a hobby into a business, just starting out, what would be your kind of top five tips that you feel you might want to give somebody if they were just starting out like you? Do you want to take that one minute? Yeah, I see you've got something to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'd say that try all of the different social media platforms um, and then see which one works best for you because especially using the different personas it kind of helps us to realize who we want to target the most yeah um, and say if like just wanted everybody to reach we'd go for all of it but it's kind of just two different people we want to see it um, another tip I'd say would to be to do like lots and lots of research because it can be quite hard to just dive into something at the deep end and you kind of really do need to figure out what's happening what's going on and what you have to do and what you think your plans for the future are going to be I think a great lead from that is that your book your online book um how to launch a creative business in 12 weeks was absolutely amazing um (laughs) really really helped um you know there's a few other books we read and a few um websites as well but and i think those networks as well they can open doors they can give you opportunities you know really be open-minded to those as well we we haven't planned to do workshops and we were asked, um, well, I was like, oh, gosh, we're not geared up for that. But I thought, well, actually, you know, this is an opportunity. We need to just go for it. Um, you know, so it wasn't on our plan, but we, we did go. Say we yes and figure it out later. That's, yes, that's always yes, my mantra. Yes. It's like if yes. you've been asked to do something, somebody somebody believes in you and believes that yes. you can do it. So I'm a great believer in the say yes and figure it out yes. later. <laughs> you know I think it's, it's, again it comes right down to what we were talking about right at the beginning isn't it it's about bravery and you know yeah. not being afraid of failure and you know as long as you're learning from mistakes you're going to make them like you all make them I'm, I, I make them weekly um, but as long as you learn from them and you learn a better way then you're always going to be one step ahead you know you're always going to be doing well and I think you know like you say doing your research and like really thinking about it and not expecting things just to come to you I think a lot of people kind of think well I'll just get a website and I'll get a social media account and then because what I'm doing is so great everybody's just going to kind of flop to me and you can have the absolute best products in the world but if you don't talk to your customers you don't find out exactly as many was say explaining who who your customers are then they're never going to know about what all the fantastic things that you've been making so you've obviously worked really really hard at that to understand who's going to want all of your beautiful products and and then how you're going to talk to them and how you're going to reach them so where, where, what what social media do you you use what time what did you decide was was the best kind of route for you um, we started out on facebook yeah and because that was the one that you mum were most that you knew the best and um one of the people who kind of help give us ideas and um stuff she told us to have a go at trying Instagram Mm -hmm. and that has probably become the one that are our new main one now it's very easy to use yeah Um, even I can manage that (laughs) (laughs) you do most of that Millie or is that is that a joint effort (laughs) 
<laughs> Millie does most of that. <laughs> you do most of the Instagramming, doesn't you? Yeah. You've branched out into TikTok now as well. Yeah, we really enjoy. To... <laughs> do I follow you on there? I have to get on that. What's your TikTok handle? I think you follow us. Um, I think it She's just looking it up. We don't know it off by heart, sorry. Don't we'll worry, if we can put it in the show notes, we'll, we'll put all of your links in the show notes so everybody can go and find you on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and anywhere else that we should know about that you hang out, or is that the main ones at the moment? They're, they're the main ones, yes. yes. That's enough. It's, it's always better to focus on a small number and do it really well than it is to try and cover all of them and, and not be consistent, isn't it? So. Yes. you're doing absolutely the right thing so I mean we've talked a little bit about what sort of future plans but do you have any other big plans up your sleeve at the moment for where you might like to go next or is it top secret at the moment (laughs) we have just signed up to Airbnb to do um, experiences because we didn't realize that you could do experiences on Airbnb I did Um, not know that either tell me everything (laughs) this is very exciting so, I'm learning something new today as well. This is fantastic. Tell, tell me how this works. Um, Mum, you said you wanted to try and do it because one of your friends said there was that opportunity um, and we decided to take it. So as normal, Mum was a bit weary to do it, but <laughs> um, I decided that, well, it, it was going to take a while to get you to come around. So I filled it all in and said, Mum, look, it's not it's not that bad. And you said guys that we could do it and we've just kind of just released that so that's amazing so how does it work on then so you you register with the airbnb and then how does that how does that work then um and then basically it asks you to fill in a bunch of questions about your business like what do you do what you do with the customers where you're based um and like all sorts of things like that and then you upload photos and once you click the go button they review it um ours took about three days but they said that it can take around a week if possibly longer but um it was quite quick which was quite exciting um, <laughs> they really wanted you they were always like this is amazing yeah si- signed up um and then you can fill in the dates of what you want to do and then it's all up there what, what we're hoping is that maybe people who are staying in the area could then maybe contact us and say, so we could maybe do something bespoke rather than absolutely yeah. a set of events up. So uh, that, that's what we're hoping. Fingers crossed. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. That's a really exciting development, isn't it? And that's something that I think, you know, a lot of people could go and, and start to explore. So that's a fantastic avenue. Thank you so much for sharing that and not keeping it to yourself because it's, 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 it's one of those things, isn't it, where you're like, oh, I found this amazing new thing. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. That's very exciting. Um, so, well, I hope that goes really well and you'll have to keep me updated on, on the developments on that side of things and how that works out. Um, have you got anything else that you would like to share with me about anything before before we wrap it up today? Or is that, do you feel a bit exhausted by this like constant, I've been question, question, questions? <laughs> well, um, just, you know, thank you for this opportunity. This to me was like another sort of a networking opportunity um, that it, it would be silly not to do because it just, you know, expands your um custom base in a way or can help towards that so thank you um, you're welcome it's what I want to do it for you know with all of my platforms I only want them to be there to 
to help and get the word out there about all these amazing businesses and you know if I can do that in some small way through the podcast then that's my job done you know thank you um I'd also like to say that sometimes it can really help having like the right mindset to do it so sometimes maybe if you didn't feel exactly completely well that day then don't try and push yourself to do it when you don't feel 100% wanting to do it because that can kind of change your mindset about doing it um and just make sure that you enjoy it all of the time and if it's something that you don't necessarily enjoy or like there's a task that you don't necessarily enjoy then try and find a way to make it more enjoyable because I mean one of the things that we do is we write down like all of our plans and what we want to do in a notebook and that got a bit boring as it does writing um especially as I do it every day at school um so we got a fancy cool notebook with a fancy cool pen oh you're you're a girl after my own heart anything anything any excuse to get a new pretty notebook I am there that is I think you know it's fantastic advice though all joking aside it's really good advice to you know try and do all of the things that you need to do when you're feeling most in the mood for them and keep your passion alive for what you're doing and you know just keep keep going even when things feel a little bit tough you just got to kind of keep that going but you've got each other which is you know a real advantage isn't it because like like you were saying like when one of you is a bit like unsure the other one's like no come on we can do this so um so thank you so much for some like absolutely fantastic advice that you you've given and you've shared some things that I didn't know about as well so I feel like I've really learned something today as well I really really appreciate you coming onto the podcast and talking because I know it can be a bit daunting to do these things but you did absolutely brilliantly and I really really do thank you for coming on and talking to me so thank you so much and I will um, make sure that I share all of your contact details so that people can go and see all of the amazing things that you do they can go and buy your beautiful products or they can go and book onto your workshops and yeah just everybody should go absolutely go and do that so thank you very very much indeed and um, I will look forward to seeing your business flourish as I know it will with you two at the helm it's going to do absolutely fantastic things so thank you Thank you very much too, Kate. All right, take care. Bye.